Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Gatola. Recently, technology has allowed us to fabricate high-strength all-ceramic restorations. In fact, these all-ceramic restorations are so strong they can be conventionally cemented and placed in almost any clinical situation. As dentists, we love to place these restorations, but there's always one big question, how long are they going to last? We want to know that the restorations we place today are going to last as long as a PFM or a gold crown. So today I'd like to introduce you to one of these high-strength cementable all-ceramic restorations, Prismatic Clinical Zirconia, or CZ for short. You can prescribe CZ as if it were a PFM. Zirconia-based restorations are among the strongest, most biocompatible, and natural-looking cementable all-ceramic crowns and bridges available today. And clinical zirconia restorations prevent dark gingival graying and black lines due to the translucent nature of the substructure. Coupled with the latest in CAD-CAM technology, CZ will assure you virtually perfect fit and consistent anatomy. Zirconium oxide is one of the strongest ceramic materials available. It is completely biocompatible and is used in many surgeries to replace human bone. First, it is shaped into milling blanks in an isostatic pressing machine at extreme pressure. Prismatic CZ blanks are made in a variety of shapes and sizes to accommodate anterior and posterior single-unit crowns and three-unit bridges. The model of your impression is placed into a 3D digital scanner. The frameworks for your restorations are then designed using this digital information from the scanner. The completed computer-aided design is coupled with the computer-aided manufacturing program that controls the precision milling process. Precise toolpath control on multiple axes during milling ensures excellent reproduction of the 3D CAD data. The milled copings and frameworks are then centered to maximum strength overnight. The end result is superb intimacy of fit and a beautiful looking restoration that is both translucent and pearlescent. The copings are then treated with a micro-sprayed dentin colorization. The copings are then scanned with a separate computer-aided design program to design the final anatomy and morphology of your restoration. The final anatomy is printed in wax using a wax printer. The restorations are then poured up in the investment material and pressed in a furnace. Now let's take a closer look at some clinical cases using prismatic CZ crowns and bridges. This next clinical zirconia case points out something that I've always had a theory about, and there's no fact, it's just a theory, and that's that a bonded all ceramic crown in the back can cause a tooth to need a root canal. And so this crown was uh, bonded into place. It was an empress crown. And uh, over the time, the tooth required a root canal, so there was an access done, and it's been patched. Actually, it's just got some temporary material in it. We're going to go ahead and remove that crown and place uh, a new crown. I'm going to place a cementable all ceramic, a clinical zirconia. So here we are cutting through the old crown and removing that crown. A razor burr from uh, Axis Dental is a fantastic burr to cut through porcelain. And this carbide burr will also fly through metal as well. But this is an all ceramic crown, so it's just porcelain. And now we're going to go ahead and place a buildup in the access opening now that we have the old crown off of there. You can see a small nick there on the gingiva on the mesial buckle and you know I hate nicking the tissue but whenever you remove a crown that has a subgingival margin that's always a possibility. So we've got the 37% phosphoric acid sitting in place. This is all dentin so this is going to be in place um, for right about 10 seconds and then we'll go ahead and rinse that off. 
And once we verified that we've got all the acid etch out of there, we're going to go ahead and place our bonding agent, our OptiBond. And we'll place that and make sure we coat all the walls on the inside of the access opening and evaporate the solvent here with just a little moisture-free air. And we'll go ahead and cure that. You've actually got so much mechanical retention on something like this that um, if your bonding agent didn't get everywhere, I think you can pretty well rest assured that your composite core, your buildup will still stay in place. If you were worried about the ability of your curing unit to get down there or you didn't want to cure it in increments, you could use a dual cure composite material. We cured it in several increments as we placed it in there. So we cure this in increments with our curing light to make sure the light cured composite is totally cured. And then you can see we've got a football burr here. And we're going to go ahead and start to reduce the occlusal surface. Remember, we want to have the central groove nice and deep here. We don't want it to look flat like a tabletop on the occlusal surface of our preparation. It needs to mimic the central groove on the tooth in front of it, where the central groove is, you know, two millimeters down from where the cuss tips are. So we want to replicate those same kind of planes in our preparation. If we don't do this, the lab will still be able to make us a crown, but it won't look very real because they won't have any room for anatomy. Once we've uh, just about finished the preparation, we're going to go ahead and place our double zero cord. Usually we would do this much earlier in our preparation sequence. Uh, our reverse preparation sequence, it's a DVD that's also available online and free from Glidewell Laboratories, but you really can't use the reverse prep when you're taking off an old crown. So at this point we're placing our double zero cord into place and now we're going to go finish our margins. Now that the gingiva has been retracted about a half millimeter here, we're going to go in just smooth off these margins it looks like a pretty nice shoulder margin because it was an empress crown that was in place, but we just want to make sure we drop it down to this new tissue level now that the double zero cord has been placed. Once we finish cleaning up the margins, we're going to place our 2E cord on top of that one. You can start wherever you're comfortable. I like to floss it in interproximally and start and then pack the cord around. And once we get to the end where the other end of the uh, number two cord is, we'll just leave a little extra hanging out since we are going to pull this cord out. The double zero cord has flush ends because that's going to stay in place during the entire impression procedure. The patient bites down on that copper cap. It's a flexible cotton compression cap for eight to ten minutes. And then we remove that two cord and you should see no bleeding here. Uh, once that's been in place and we've had good pressure on there and that retraction cord has had a chance to sit for eight to ten minutes, you're really not in a big hurry here to take an impression. You've got plenty of time uh, to get the impression material into the open sulcus and there should be no bleeding. Because we get such good subgingival uh, impressions. I'm using medium body hair as my syringe material. My assistant has loaded a clinician's choice quad tray with the heavy body material for me. I'm going to put this into place and have the patient bite together, making sure I can see that we are in fact in maximum intercuspation. There's a look at the impression. You can see the nice shoulder margin represented all the way around the impression. And more importantly, we have some material that extends beyond that margin. That's very important to get good emergence profile on our restoration. We have to see impression material beyond the margin. We have filled our pre-impression with a bisacryl material. This is Luxatemp, and we have placed it into the patient's mouth. And of course, this is the most simple way to make it temporary. You can see the endo access there in the temporary, and that's gonna be okay because we do in fact have enough reduction. So we'll just wiggle that off and trim this temporary. And then we're gonna go ahead and cement this into place with temp bond. 
and we're going to check the occlusion and make sure that we have one centric spot at least of occlusion so that we don't have any supra eruption of the prepared tooth over the next two weeks while the crown's being fabricated. And here's a look from the occlusal of the temporary after two weeks. And uh, it appears that there hasn't been a lot of uh, occlusal wear on this temporary material. Bisacryl is not the strongest material, so uh, I would use an acrylic if I had a temporary that was going to be in place for four to six weeks. We're trying to scrape some of the temporary cement off the tooth. If it sticks to the composite for whatever reason, um, you can go ahead and try to clean it up with a little bit of pumice. This is preppies, as we see here. We use this on every tooth where we're going to cement a restoration. It is a unidose uh, sterile pumice, a fantastic, nice, creamy consistency. We still have a couple areas where a few pieces of temporary cement are stuck. We're using the Cavo Sonic Scaler here. This is just an absolutely fantastic way to remove any remaining temporary cement that happens to be stuck to a tooth for any reason. We are now trying in the Clinical Zirconia Crown. And because the substructure of this crown is zirconia, I know this is going to be high strength. In fact, this is one material I can tell you I've never seen it break when used clinically. Um, that's not to say porcelain could never chip from it. Porcelain can chip from any restoration, but I've never seen the substructure break. And that's pretty impressive for an all-ceramic. We have the patient bite together. We can see we've got some good spots on the adjacent natural teeth, but we have a couple spots on inclined surfaces on the crown too. So I'm going to use... My favorite adjustment tool, which is a 7408 burr, that's slightly dull, does a great job of uh, removing porcelain in the bite without tearing it up too much and requires not nearly as much polishing as if we used a diamond. We're cleaning up the Reliax Plus looting cement here. Very easy cleanup with this cement. So many good things to say about this cement. It's no wonder that it's uh, number one in terms of worldwide sales. That's glide tape floss, slightly thicker than the dental floss. No better way to remove set cement interproximally than putting a knot into this glide tape. Just does a great job of slipping through the contacts and then picking up large pieces of cement so that we don't leave anything behind. And here's an occlusal look at the cemented restoration. Uh, and you can see it's a, a nice looking crown. It, it looks good. It's got good margins. If you take a radiograph of this, you'll notice that it's very dense. The coping material is indistinguishable from metal. And that always makes me feel good. And again, I've never seen one break. Here's a look at it from the buckle. Blends in well with the adjacent teeth. That's as nice as we need it to be. Would Empress look better? It might look better, but it would be much weaker and would need to be bonded into place and could not be conventionally cemented into place as we've done with the CZ. And we've done video productions on other all ceramics before that weren't as strong as zirconia, and so we always had to give a word of caution. You notice when we sat that crown into place, we had the patient really bite down on a cotton roll, and you can use an orange wood stick as well. You cannot break these zirconia frameworks. I shouldn't say cannot, but I have not been able to break one. All in all, a good case and a great material. On this patient, we're going to do a full maxillary arch of clinical zirconia or CZ, individual crowns. And uh, as we take a closer look at the patient's mouth, you can see that we have multiple aesthetic issues going on here. This patient is from Eastern Europe, and that's where those kind of gold temporaries were placed, those featureless kind of crowns you can see in the back. They're really just like our old anodized shells, and they're filled with the same kind of reline material. 
We've had endodontic therapy done on teeth number 9 and 10, and you can see they're starting to turn kind of dark. We've got some old failing composites in between the teeth, some radiographic caries, some recurrent caries around those old gold crowns on the top. And so we're going to begin just by uh, cleaning everything up and seeing what we have here. And uh, even when we're doing caries control, we'll typically start with the uh, reverse preparation technique because I know I'm going to have to get some temporaries on at this appointment anyway. So we start with the 801-023 round burr and go ahead and make our gingival depth cut on the facial of these teeth. Again, as we do this, it creates a perfect half circle in the gingival third of the tooth so that as we do our axial reduction, we'll end up with a perfect margin. Here's our 856-021 burr being used, taken right down in between those two at the same time. And then here, using a 57 burr, you can see how easily we cut through this metal. It's really, really thin. And as you can see, we just kind of pull this off, and uh, there's not much to it. It really is like those old uh, temporaries that uh, I remember doing back in dental school before we had, you know, bisacryl materials like that and other things where we could make tooth-colored temporaries. Just real thin gold-colored shells that you reline with a lot of material. Really all the prepping that was done on these teeth was to get rid of some of the undercuts. From this angle here, you can see some of the staining that was taking place on the mesial margin, and that was pretty much true around the tooth. Not a really great fit here. So we're doing some occlusal reduction again with the 856-021 burr. And again, we've got the burr tipped down into the central groove so that uh, the technician has enough room to actually create a central groove on the final restoration. Here's the football burr, the 379-023, being used to round off some things. This is actually a nice occlusal reduction diamond. Because of its uh, convex shape, it creates a concave surface on the occlusal surface and gives you just a little extra room from the opposing dentition. Now we're going and making some depth cuts on the incisal edge and then connecting those together. We really want to be sure. It'd be very nice to give our technician two millimeters of uh, reduction here on the incisal edge. They can probably work with 1.5, but less than that, and we're asking them to perform a miracle. Now we're placing our 1.5 millimeter depth cuts um, on the facial surface and just going back in and doing a little touch-up work on the lingual with the round burr, the 801023. We do use that to place our gingival margin on the facial and the lingual of the teeth, and it, uh, it simply just gives you the best margin that you've ever cut. You know, you'll notice as I go in and connect those facial depth cuts, basically the margin's already done for me because of the cuts I made with that round burr. And as a result, it's a great deep chamfer or shallow shoulder, however you choose to look at it, but either way, it's uniform. In approximately, the margin's just a little bit different, but that's actually desirable from a resistance standpoint. You know, we don't want to uh, cut the exact margin all the way around the tooth and round off the tooth because then the crown is able to spin in a mesial or distal direction. We do, in fact, want to have, you know, a nice margin on the facial and lingual with it slightly thinner, interproximally following the shape of the tooth. Lingual reduction is accomplished with the football burr, the 379-023, as well, again, because of the convex shape of it, it gives a nice concave lingual surface. And you can see the margin is pretty much done as I go in there and just kind of finish up some things. And we're not going to oppress on this appointment. We have to see how the tissue reacts to the temporaries.
These are the biotemps which have been tried in to assure a passive fit, and they're now being relined with acrylic. This happens to be jet acrylic, and the anterior segment needs to be sat before the posterior section due to its path of insertion. And you can see they look nice as the patient smiles, and we want to look. And when the patient comes back for the next appointment with an unanesthetized lip, take a look at them again. The patient liked them, so you can see we're taking an alginate impression here. This is actually an alginate replacement impression that we're taking here. It happens to be status blue, which is nice because it's like an alginate. It's certainly cheaper than a polyvinyl, but it does not have to be poured up immediately to prevent distortion. So we're able to send this to the laboratory and they can pour it a little bit later. So the patient was very happy with her biotemps, and we want to be able to communicate that to the lab technician and, and basically say, hey, follow this. This is what the patient liked. Here's the length that they liked. And uh, let's go ahead and make a model of that so that that you can use it as a template for how you design these crowns. So at this appointment, we can remove the biotemps, and we know now that when we put them back on at the end of this appointment, they won't change where the tissue is. So at this appointment, the second appointment is now safe for us to take the master impression. And especially on these larger cases like that, I will not impress on the same day that I prepare. In fact, I, it's almost every case now where I won't impress on the same day that I prepare. It just helps me achieve quality restorative dentistry. And But there is more time involved for you and the patient. So your fees may have to go up to uh, reflect that increase in time and the increase in quality because it really does help uh, help you come up with really nice looking restoration. So the first cord is being placed, a double zero cord from Ultradent around all these teeth. And then we will place the number two cord on top of it. These cotton compra caps are put in place as well as the patient bites down on these. And we're now removing these in anticipation for taking our master impression. And the top cord comes out, and this is a rare sight. You usually don't see much bleeding when you do this technique, but this patient definitely had some periodontal issues. She was on a time frame to get back to Europe, and we weren't able to uh, work her through our periodontal program like we ordinarily would. And this is not uh, ideal dentistry here, and um, you know, there's just times where this is how it has to be done. Well, you can see we've got the biotemps in on the uh, low on the uh, posterior right segment, and the reason we do is to maintain the vertical dimension as we take this bite registration. And once we've relined those biotemps like that, we've maintained the vertical dimension throughout the entire case. So the biotemps are put back in place now. Now we can have the final restorations made knowing that when the patient comes back, the tissue will not have moved at all. It is now the seat appointment, and you will notice that the anterior crowns are already in place. The patient broke her temporaries last weekend, and I went ahead and cemented the CZ crowns rather than make another set of temporaries, and unfortunately, the camera crew was not there to capture it. Patient comes back, we take the temporaries off, drop any margins that we need to drop because they became exposed, then take the master impression, and then put the biotemps back on knowing that they're not going to go anywhere. Because of the patient's perio issues as we're trying in the permanent bridge here, I can see uh, a little tissue that is going to bleed and is already starting to bleed, so I'm using the laser. This is the laser smile, the diode laser from BioLase on uh, one of the teeth back by the molar. And on the front ones, we're using a little ViscoStat Clear from Ultradent to stop any bleeding we may have. I don't mind if it bleeds during the try-in process, but then we need to stop all of that as we have here before we cement these. Again, this bridge has pretty good retention, so we're using 3M Espy's Relyx Looting Cement Plus. 
And because these CZ restorations, these zirconia frameworks are so strong, we actually have the patient biting down, as you can see, on a cotton roll. And that's typically something dentists aren't used to doing for all ceramic restorations. In fact, they've always been afraid to have the patient bite down while the cement is setting. But I can just tell you from the tests we've done in and out of the mouth with these zirconia restorations, I simply haven't seen a framework break yet. Um, and in that respect, it's a lot like metal. I haven't seen a framework, but have I ever seen porcelain chip off of it? Yes, I have, but that's a different story than seeing the framework actually break. So we can push things into place and have patients bite down on cotton rolls and do all kinds of things. We really do treat these just as though they were a PFM. And uh, that's why I'm you know, showing you this with the patient biting down on it. You can treat these as you can a PFM. That is not necessarily true for other you know, all cementables, but I can say that without reservation for the zirconia restorations like clinical zirconia. You can really treat them like PFMs, put them in, have the patient bite down, check the bite, have the patient bite on a stick or a cotton roll during cementation. It is okay for you to treat them like they were actual PFMs. So again, we try in the restorations and make sure that the vertical is where it's supposed to be and then place these in. I always place the anterior restorations first because if we blow the smile, blow the smile line, then we've lost a lot of the case. And uh, so we put those in first and then typically work our way back, checking to make sure that the occlusion's okay. Again, patient biting on a couple cotton rolls here. This will not cause any problems to the restorations. And we've got this one tooth in the middle left that needs to have it cemented. And usually when we have contact issues, that's what we will do. If I'm trying to put things into place and they won't go, I will cement, in this case, the first bicuspid and the molar and then try to seat the second bicuspid. And we had contact issues there, as we knew we did. But it allows me just to work on one tooth as though it were a single unit crown and the other two teeth were already there. So when you looked at the before and the after here, you can see the before was kind of an aesthetic train wreck. And on the after, those CZ crowns looked fantastic. You know, she's one of those patients whose hand used to go up to her mouth when she would smile. And now you can see she, she smiles rather large. You can actually see some of her lower anterior teeth, too. So uh, she's very happy, as are we, with the new clinical zirconia restorations. On this patient, we've got another aesthetic challenge. We are going to be replacing some PFM crowns that are on tooth number eight and nine. And you can see when we look a little closer at these that tooth number eight, the crown there is a little bit longer than the crown on uh, tooth number nine. Uh, in fact, maybe a little bit is being nice. It's uh, significantly longer than the uh, crown on tooth number nine. And the, the patient said that uh, it's pretty much been this way since the day that those crowns were placed. The incisolage translucency is a little strange on both of those. And uh, so we're going in. This is the Razor Burr from Axis Dental. And I love these burrs. I just uh, wholeheartedly recommend these burrs. They will cut through anything uh, with no problem whatsoever. In fact, I just used them here to cut through uh, a lot of porcelain, which you typically can't do with a carbide burr. And then right through the metal coping as well. And they're just absolutely fantastic. The only thing they won't cut through, by the way, is zirconia. So as we talk about zirconia and how tough it is, uh, you will notice when you use the razor burrs that they are literally able to cut through any dental material you can come up with except zirconia. That's how tough zirconia is. So you can tell both of these teeth have had endodontic treatment. One's got the pink buildup material. And the tooth next to it, tooth number nine, has the discoloration you would expect. I'm going to replace this little composite here on the mesial of tooth number 10 because I noticed when I looked at her smile before I could see it. 
there's clinically nothing wrong with the composite. It was just kind of uh, obvious. So rather than remove the whole thing and take it all the way down to the dentin, I'm resurfacing this composite by removing about three quarters of a millimeter of it and then extending a bevel out from where it was before. It was uh, prepared before perfectly round, and you can see the bevel that I've put there. It goes from thick to thin as it kind of feathers out, and this allows for the most natural transition between composite and tooth. If you prepare just a round hole into the tooth, it's, it's pretty easy to see where the composite and the tooth come together. But if we prepare something like that, almost like a chamfer, it's essentially like putting a chamfer that tapers to a feather edge on the side of a composite so that the composite gets thinner and thinner and the tooth you know shows through more and more as we move out so this is certainly the best way to put a direct composite into place and be able to disguise it so after etching for 10 seconds on dentin and 15 seconds on enamel we place our optobond we air thin that and we cure that and now we're placing our direct composite into place with a class 5 instrument, you just want to make sure it's well lubricated so that you can take the composite material and pull it uh, out to the side over that bevel. You really want to pull it thin. In fact, if you try to clean too much of it over that kind of chamfer or that bevel that we prepared, you will pull it off. So this is one of those areas you want to make sure you have it well lubricated with an unfilled resin and pull the composite over there and then just cure it and finish it down once it's completely cured. If you try to clean it too much, you'll just keep pulling the composite off that very thin area and we want it to be you know too thick when we cure it and then finish it down uh, to a feather edge with our finishing discs. So we've done our final cure and then we use some of the 3M Softlex discs to go ahead and finish that. We can't do the reverse preparation technique on these teeth because of the fact that they already had crowns on them so we're just going in right now and smoothing up some stuff, blending the cut for, I had on the facial from when I went and removed the old PFMs there from the razor burr and just smoothing off the old cement kind of seeing how hard these teeth are and getting a feel for what these uh, preps are going to feel like. This isn't the final instrumentation on these preps just smoothing everything off and uh, doing a little reduction here on the lingual to make sure that we have enough uh, room for the restoration when the patient bites together and typically when you take off old PFMs, you do have enough room, but we're you never you're never sure, so you need to check. And we're going to an all ceramic restoration, so we want to make sure we do. Here we're trying in the biotemps into place, having the patient bite down, and just checking to make sure that um, we've got a nice fit and we have a nice passive fit. So we've gone ahead and relined the biotemps at this point. We'll let the material start to sit. You can you might be able to tell this is a bisacryl reline material that we're using here. This is about the only time you can do this is on two or maybe four units with the bisacryl. Otherwise, we're going to want to use an acrylic that goes through the doughy stage. Uh, we're okay using the bisacryl because we don't have any undercuts on the tooth and it looks like we're not going to lock them into place. The biotemps look nice. The teeth are now the same length again as they were supposed to be. We can have adjustments made on the gingival level if we want, if we're going to do any tissue recontouring. And now we're ready to impress because it's been two weeks and we're at the next appointment. This is the double zero cord from Ultradent going into place. These margins are farther subgingival than I'd like to have them anyway. So, you know, we really don't want to drop these down any farther for fear of a biologic width violation. But, you know, what are you going to do? That's where the margins were for the last crowns. And you either do crown lengthening or you work with uh, what you've got. And the teeth are long enough already, so we're working with what we have. Our number two cord from Ultradent is placed on top of it. That's a 2E cord. And then the two copper caps are put in place. These are the anatomical copper caps. 
And it's a little difficult at times for patients to bite on these with their anterior teeth. I'm kind of guiding her jaw a little bit forward, trying to get her lower anterior teeth onto the other side of the copper caps, but I'm having a difficult time doing that. So they're kind of being held in place with her lip. And then I'm going around and expressing material around the rest of the teeth and then coming around and going around the two prepared teeth and then to the rest of the teeth and back over these teeth again. Um, you know, this is especially important if you're doing no prep veneers in conjunction with a couple of other restorations. And here we're not sure if we're going to do no prep veneers or not. She was kind of on the fence, but I'm taking a polyvinyl impression where I express that material along all of those other teeth to make sure I have a nice master model for the laboratory to look at. Bite registration is very simple on a case like this because we still have the vertical dimension. And uh, we're adding a little bite registration material here, which you really don't need to add. Um, my dental assistant was placing it on. She's used to seeing registrations cover the entire prep, but you're going to cut away all of that anyway. You don't want bite registration anywhere that's in contact with soft tissue. And so it would have been cut back anyway. It would have been fine just to have the incisal edges. So now we're curing the temp bond clear. It does react um, to light curing, and it will cause it to set a little bit faster and clean up a little bit quicker. Temp bond clear is great anytime where you're in the anterior and you feel like the typical yellow temporary cement might show uh, a little bit. And so we use the clear. The only thing about the clear is... Um, I'm glad I wear loops. I'll put it that way. You can see where there's a little excess there, and we're going to go in and keep that clean. Notice the intentional black triangle between teeth number eight and nine. That is there on purpose. Uh, we want to make sure we don't cause any damage to the papilla. We want the patient to be able to get super floss in and out of there, and we really want to ensure that... Um, uh, we don't do any damage to the papilla. Now here the permanent CZ crowns are into place. Now those fit right up against the papilla as you can see here because that's what this is all about is making sure those fit nice and tight against the papilla. If you put your temporaries in that same position there's a good chance uh, that you might drive that papilla back and cause some papillary recession and I know that because I've made that mistake many many times throughout the beginning of my career. Now I leave that gingival embrasure open and the laboratory makes a soft tissue model and puts the crowns right up against that so that it's sealed with the permanent restorations. I, and I can't tell you how hard and how big of a lesson that was for me to learn because it literally took 10 years for me to learn that. But incredibly important, leave that open so the patient can rinse fluids like the tooth and gum tonic uh, back and forth through that gingival embrasure, have the lab make a soft tissue model so they can check that the permanent restorations will close that gap. And then when you actually get the final restorations in place, it should be nice and closed and you should get the great result that you see here from the clinical zirconia crowns that we seated on teeth number eight and nine. On this patient, we're going to use a combination of clinical zirconia, CZ crowns, and no prep veneers. As you can see, tooth number eight has had endodontic treatment and is very dark. Tooth number nine has had endodontic treatment as well and has an old PFM on there. And you can see the dark surface of the root showing through because of a short margin. There's some other issues going on too, some old composites on teeth number seven and 10. So what we're going to do for this patient is CZ crowns on teeth seven, eight, nine, and 10, single unit crowns, and then round off the smile with some no prep veneers. And in the interest of time, I won't show you the reverse preparation technique again. So we'll pick it up here. The teeth have already been prepared and we're using some concepsis 
from Alterdent just to clean off the temporary cement uh, from the preparations and just to uh, kill any uh, bacteria that happen to be on the preparations too. I don't think there's uh, such a thing as using too much uh, chlorhexidine gluconate when cleaning the teeth. And now it's time to try in our CZ restorations. If you do have shorter preparations or the crowns seem to be moving, you may wish to try in your crowns with try-in cement as we are doing here. This is actually our veneer try-in cement, the Variolink veneer clear shade. It just helps hold the crown in place when the patient takes the mirror and takes a look at it. It holds the restorations in place so that when we take a digital picture and I look at it on my laptop, I can um, make some decisions about whether or not we like how the restorations look. Because of the fact that they're CZ and they have the zirconia coping, um, it's, there's not going to be any show through. It doesn't matter which shade of Triant cement you use. So now we're placing the no prep veneers on. We're placing these in place with the same Triant cement. These obviously have to have Triant cement to hold these in place for any period of time. And we've now placed the no prep veneers on the cuspids and the first and second bicuspid. And you can see it really does a nice job of rounding out the arch and giving us the nice broad look that we like. We hand the patient a mirror and he likes what he sees. So we're going to go ahead and prepare these teeth uh, to receive the restorations. We start by using some pumice. This is preppies from Whipmix. We clean off all the teeth, the preparations, and the teeth that will receive the no prep veneers. A little chlorhexidine just to make sure everything's nice and clean. And we begin by cementing the CZ crowns on teeth number 8 and 9 first. And here I just happen to be using 3M Espy's Reliax Unisem. Uh, this happens to be a self-etching resin cement. It's a great cement. It really is a universal cement. It can be used for everything but veneers. I'm using it here really just so you get to see what it looks like. My assistant's coming in and curing at for just about two or three seconds so I can remove the excess cement while it's in its gel state. I honestly could have used Reliax Looting Cement Plus and it would have been a really good choice for this. I just wanted you to get a chance to see the Unisem. The Unisem may actually be a little bit of overkill for these crowns, but um, it's not a big problem. I think the crowns would have done fine with the Reliax Plus Looting Cement, but now you get a chance to see how this um, self-etching resin cement handles. It's cured on the facial, but it wasn't cured on the lingual, so we cure for two seconds there just to get that material to its gel state as well. And it makes the cleanup really simple when you do that. You do need to watch, as you can see, teeth number 7 and 10 are still just the preps at this point. And you want to make sure that you clean any and all resin cement off those preparations before you attempt to seat those crowns. Once you have the majority of the cement off, uh, the dental assistant's coming back and curing that again, and then we're able to floss in between the teeth. I really like to get things tacked down pretty well before I start flossing in between the teeth. This is not cement that you want to walk away from and let it fully cure because you might end up needing to use a handpiece to get the excess cement off. Again, we're using the preppies from Whipmix here to clean the uh, unprepared teeth. Just get the salivary pellicle and any debris off the front of the tooth before we begin the bonding procedure. And typically on these no prep veneers, we are bonding strictly to enamel so we can etch the entire tooth for 15 seconds and rinse it off. And uh, as we're all familiar with, or most of us anyway, those of us who are as old as I am from the old days of rinsing off the etch from the enamel and being able to air dry it and see that frosty or chalky look. It's, it's kind of fun not to be bonding to dentin, uh, even though there is a little root surface there on that uh, tooth number six that you see on the cuspid. 
it's fun with these veneers not to uh, have to worry about denting and keeping it moist and all those kind of concerns, post-operative sensitivity concerns. It's nice to just be bonding to enamel again. And you can see I've got two orange wood sticks in place. No prep veneers typically don't have as firm or complete a seat as a prep veneer does with a margin. You know, they tend to float around just a little. So I use these orange wood sticks to hold it in place while my dental assistant comes in and cures it for a second or two so I can clean up the excess cement while it's in the bulk state. And I get a lot of questions from dentists about, you know, if these no prep veneers are only 0.3, three tenths of a millimeter thick, aren't you afraid of breaking them? And it, it seems like in the old days when we were using feldspathic porcelain, that was a concern. But uh, today with the uh, pressed ceramic, the thin press, pressed to 0.3 millimeters, and you can see how nice that cement comes off in one piece. That, again, is the VarioLink veneer from Ivaclar Vivadent. These pressed, thin press uh, ceramic veneers at uh, 0.3 millimeters, I just don't see any breakage when I'm trying them in. I'm not hammering them in. You can see we're not checking occlusion here until they're bonded into place. It's not like you need to treat them as, as though they were tiny little pieces of of styrofoam. Uh, it's not going to hurt you to treat them that way, but certainly, you know, make sure that you've got a little pressure on them so that they're seated completely when you do go to cure them. This is a 7408 um, fluted finishing burr, and we're using that on the lingual just to clean up any excess cement that uh, we weren't able to clean up with the Explorer. This is a brownie cup from Shofu, part of the brownie greenie system that we used to use on cast gold. And this is a great, great way to get cured cement off the glazed porcelain on the facial of the veneers. And you can see the before here and the after with the four CZ crowns and then the no prep veneers to really round out the smile and do the complete smile. In the old days, this would have been a difficult case to do because we would have been faced with either, you know, prepping veneers on those other teeth or prepping full crowns on those other teeth. And it's really nice to be able to round out a smile and do some additional aesthetic dentistry for the patient, really complete the smile and be able to do it without preparations, without shots and without temporaries. And you can see Jeff's smile afterwards. It's a much better smile than he had before. He's got some confidence in his smile now because he's got some great looking restorations. On this case, we're going to combine two of my favorite restorations, uh, CZ crowns, clinical zirconia crowns on teeth number 7, 8, 9, and 10, and V-veneer, no prep veneers using thin press porcelain on teeth 4, 5, 6, and 11, 12, 13. And once I started doing no prep veneers, I began to realize that this is a great way to finish out a smile on some of these anterior cases where we're just treating the lateral and central incisors, for example. It's just a great way to be able to finish out the smile without having to prep any additional teeth. And uh, patients have really responded to it as well. And it's a nice way to kind of do a full smile case and still only prep, you know, sometimes two teeth or in a case like this, four teeth. So we're going to do CZ crowns on 7, 8, 9, and 10 because of some old composites with some recurrent decay around them. And tooth number 10 has a PFM on it that does not match the surrounding teeth, so we will be replacing that as well. As usual, we're going to begin our preparation by doing the reverse preparation technique. You can see I've got the round burr here, the 801023 burr, that I'm using to not only place our depth cut in the gingival third of the facial and lingual marginal aspect of the tooth, but we're also preparing our margin at the same time, which is a great 
time saver. And for more information on this, you can see our reverse preparation DVD that you'll get more information on at the end of this presentation. The 57 carbide burr is used to uh, open a contact between a prep tooth and an unprepped tooth, as we have between teeth number 6 and 7 here. Between teeth number 8 and 9, where we are prepping both of these, we're going to use a much larger diamond. This is our 856025 burr. And this is going to give us axial reduction on both of these teeth and is also going to break the contact at the same time and begin our interproximal margin placement for us. And this is a razor burr from Axis Dental. And I love this burr. This burr will fly through porcelain and metal on any crown in just a matter of seconds. It's by far the fastest and the safest way to uh, cut through PFMs, amalgam, any old restorations. The only thing this won't work on is zirconia. So once we use this razor burr to make a slice through the facial, I take my crown remover, give it a little twist, and we've got it off and we're down to our preparation. We're now going to use the 856025 burr to begin to uh, reduce the distal of tooth number nine. As we go in here, we're going to place the same type of margin that we want on the facial aspect of the teeth, and that is a deep chamfer or a shallow shoulder margin. That is by far uh, my preference. I want to have more than enough room for the coping, whether it's clinical zirconia or whether it's metal and enough room for the porcelain and have good emergence profile as well. At this part of the preparation, once we've broken the contacts, we're going to go ahead and place our first retraction cord. This is a double zero retraction cord from Ultradent. We floss it in on the mesial and the distal. I grab both free ends of the retraction cord and pull towards the lingual and then pack the cord in on the facial. We then cut the two ends of the retraction cord so that when the cord is fully packed, the two ends are flush. Once we've done that, we can begin the rest of the reduction on the tooth. We're going to have two millimeters of incisal edge reduction here. This is one of the burrs from the reverse preparation kit from Axis Dental, and this is a self-limiting two millimeter depth cut. So as this goes through the incisal edge, it measures for us two millimeters of reduction, and this may be more than you're used to doing, but this is re what's required to really get good aesthetics on these restorations. I'm now placing 1.5 millimeter depth cuts in the facial surface of the teeth as well. And now we're going to go ahead and use our incisal edge depth cuts to do our incisal reduction. You can see we've got two millimeters left here. Very simple to make sure you have enough reduction when you use a prep sequence like this one that's based on depth cuts. You're never left at the end of the preparation wondering if you reduced enough. You're never left with temporaries that are too thin because you didn't reduce enough. And that's why, even though it takes just an extra 20 or 30 seconds, I find it's well worth it to use a prep sequence like this that is in fact based on depth cuts. It just takes all the guessing out for me and I know that when my technician receives the case you know I'm giving them the best opportunity to really make some nice looking ceramic restorations. On the Willingual we use the football burr. This is a 379023 burr and by using this convex burr we assure ourselves a concave uh, surface on the back of the tooth and that's what we want to be able to have enough clearance for the lower anterior teeth and then the one tooth where we aren't going to do the reverse preparation technique uh, is on the tooth number 10 that already had the crown on it. We're still going to use that 856025 burr and really try to develop here uh, a nice deep chamfer or shallow shoulder, however you look at it. On tooth number 9, we have some dentin blush as we're getting close to the pulp. And this is one time where I won't follow my depth cuts to their full depth. Instead, I will place some Vitrobond into those depth cuts for insulation and to protect the pulp. 
We verify once again that the biotemps go into place passively. And now our top chord goes into place. This is a 2E chord from Ultradent. So the double zero chord is still in there, and we're packing this chord on top of it. Uh, every once in a while, we'll see a rough spot on a margin or a little jagged edge when we put this chord in, and we'll go in with this uh, Burr the 856025 in a fine version and go smooth that off. We place the anatomical copper caps over the preps, have the patient close down for 8 to 10 minutes, take the copper caps off, syringe around each of the preparations going around at least twice, and wait the 3 minutes for the material to set. The syringe material here is medium body with heavy body in the tray. And we remove it after 3 minutes, and you can see the kind of marginal detail we expect to get on our impressions. We really want to see some impression material beyond the margin. The importance of having impression material beyond the margin is that it gives the technician some really valuable information. It shows them exactly where the margin ends and it allows them to create the proper emergence profile for the restoration as well. Uh, to me, it's hard to really consider an impression acceptable unless you see some well-defined impression material beyond the margin of the preparation. On a smaller case like this, a four-unit case, we've relined the biotemps with bisacryl material, Luxatemp in this case, and uh, you can see what the biotemps look like uh, in place. And we are now going to have the patient back in two weeks to go ahead and try in the final restorations. We have now removed the biotemps and tried in all the restorations, and you can see how nice the CZ crowns on 7, 8, 9, and 10 look. The crowns look fantastic, and the no-prep veneers are also tried in at this point. And you can see when you look at the before picture and the after picture how we've closed up a lot of unwanted incisal embrasure spaces and really got an improvement in the entire maxillary arch aesthetically and only had to prep four teeth. So again, the no-prep veneers are a great adjunct to doing needed restorative work in the anterior regions, uh, especially in the smile zone on the mac maxillary teeth, as you see here. So we get some great results. In the interest of time, we didn't show the cementation of the restorations, but it's simple, straightforward crown and bridge cementation with Reliax Looting Cement Plus. Again, you can see here in the final uh, portrait shot here when he smiles how nice those CZ crowns look in his mouth. And again, by using those no-prep veneers, we were able to get kind of an exponential improvement uh, in the aesthetics of his smile without having to do any further preparation. And it's a nice way to be able to do it. And I have found that uh, for patients who don't like the idea of having their teeth drilled on just for aesthetics, the no-prep veneers offer a good solution for them. The indications for all ceramic restorations have increased greatly since I graduated from dental school 20 years ago. Rather than having to bond every restoration into place, today we have the option of conventionally cementing these new high-strength all-ceramic restorations. With very strong substructures such as zirconium oxide, all-ceramic fracture upon cementation is a thing of the past. And now with our CAD-CAM technology, we can assure predictable and consistent anatomy and aesthetics. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your continued commitment to quality dentistry. Prismatic Clinical Zirconia is available at select dental laboratories across the United States.